Welcome to the Thyroid Fixer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy, and we're diving deep into the world of hormones, especially for all you fierce women in perimenopause and menopause and anyone dealing with hypothyroidism. If you're struggling with weight gain, you feel like shedding those pounds is an impossible feat. If you're dealing with plummeting energy levels, gut-wrenching fatigue, or a libido that seems to have left town, then you're in the right place. And don't even get me started on the hair loss. If these symptoms are sounding all too familiar, you sound your tribe. Welcome, because my goal is to educate, empower, and shake up your world. I want you to embrace every inch of that badass woman that you truly are. So if you're ready to dive in and fix things, let's get started. Are you finally at your wit's end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. Okay. With me today is Heather Gray, and we're talking about Lyme disease. Now, first of all, let me give a, a, a little bit of a, of a background with Heather. So met Heather at an amazing conference we were both at in October. And I've always wanted someone on here to talk about Lyme. Well, and then Heather, you know, introduces herself as the Lyme boss. I'm like, well, duh, there's my girl, right? There's the one I need to bring on the podcast to talk about Lyme disease. Because as Heather will jump in and as she knows, there's such a strong connection between any of these tick-borne illnesses or these underlying chronic conditions and thyroid disease, specifically Hashimoto's. And the one thing that I hear so much from my community, from my listeners, is that they were diagnosed with, with Lyme disease, chronic Lyme disease. They really believe that that's at the root of their issues. And there's very few people in the United States, let alone in the world, that really can hone in on Lyme disease, treat these patients, guide them, and at the same time, have walked the walk themselves. So, Ms. Heather, thank you for joining me and imparting your wisdom to my, my audience and my group of peeps here. The Girl Fix Your Thyroid group is listening right now because they get access to you first. Everybody else has to wait. That's why I encourage all y'all to join the Girl Fix Your Thyroid Facebook group because you get access to my guests first. But thank you so much for being on here, Heather. I'm super excited. I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah. So, all right. I mean, you know, I don't always ask the story of people because I think that that gets kind of blase with every podcast. Tell us your story. But in this case, I'm going to say, tell us your story because you have been there and done that. So tell us how you entered into the world of Lyme. Absolutely. And it actually starts at the beginning. And I know people are like, oh my gosh, she's going to go all the way back. But no, I'll, I'll condense it, I swear. But I was basically born full of shit. 
right? Yeah. Like I was four years Aren't old. Aren't we all? <laughs> constipated, right? To the point where my feet were falling asleep on the potty. And that was kind of the beginning of my lessons of let's throw band-aids at symptoms, right? Because nobody was trying to figure out why this four-year-old was constipated. They were just giving me these nasty thick oils and stool softeners and, you know, sending me on my way. Yeah. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. My uncle had committed suicide that year. I also had celiac disease that was undiagnosed and eating a standard American diet, right? So right off the bat, I am starting to get set up to be a good host, right? You didn't see me, quote, host for yeah. Lyme disease. And that's where a lot of people, that's why I like to start at the beginning is because people think that, oh, I get bit by a tick and I automatically get Lyme disease. And that's not the case. We've actually co-evolved with this bacteria for thousands of years. Our immune system knows what to do. But there are some of us, you know, who've got funky genes, right? I don't detox well. I was born full of shit. So I wasn't, you know, detoxing that well. I wasn't sweating. I had a horrible diet, a lot of early childhood trauma. My nervous system was now stuck in fight or flight, right? We, we all heard about trauma in your nervous system and not being able to heal when you're stuck in fight or flight. So then Q, 13 years old, get bit by a tick. Two years later, it was my first stint to the psych ward for my own suicide attempt. And that's what began, that's how I began my Lyme disease journey. You were 13 and had a suicide attempt. So that's nothing, I mean, we can't take that lightly. We totally understand. Listen, there's a lot of mental illness, especially these days, and a lot of stress the kids are under. If we rewind to when you and I were that age, there wasn't the same kind of, we'll say like even school, social media pressures that there is now. When you look back at that time, Heather, what do you remember from that time was the the trigger for you to actually go that deep in your mental health and want to commit suicide at that age? Yes. I mean, in the mental health facility, there was only two other teenagers. The rest of them were adults. So it is, it was a different time. So like when my son had his own suicide attempts and it was all teenagers, you know, I was there with two other, with, with mostly adults. And that was, that was a whole nother, that was a traumatic experience all on its own. But Lyme has one of the funny ways of crossing the blood brain barrier and causing a lot of brain inflammation. And so, and then I had a lot of brain inflammation because I had a leaky gut and I was eating a standard American diet and eating wheat and had celiac disease. And again, I didn't detox. So it was this perfect storm. And then finally, when the Lyme disease was rearing its ugly head, you know, most folks with Lyme disease die from suicide. It's hard to explain the spinning multiple. I mean, I'm talking 20, 30 times a day for years. I would have thoughts of driving down the street and, oh, wow, that tree looks like it would be great for my car, you know, stuff like that all day long. But you can't talk about that kind of stuff because then they will lock you away for forever. And it's a really funny place to know that you're not crazy, but the stuff that's coming out of your mouth sounds very crazy. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. And I'm actually thinking back to an ex of mine had those cyclic thoughts that you're talking about. And, and he would describe it exactly as that, like going down the road, you start thinking about your own death. And, and I mean, it freaked him out because the thoughts loop. He was actually diagnosed with OCD like OCD of thinking. But now I'm I'm already branching out and wondering, well, okay, we know what I see in my thyroid world. 
women being diagnosed with anxiety and depression and put on all the Band-Aid medications and just misdiagnoses of so many other things when it really comes down to, hey, your thyroid is fucked and your hormones are in the toilet. For you, it's, oh, wait, no, maybe you have Lyme disease. And now I'm thinking of him. I'm like, maybe he had Lyme disease and actually did not have OCD and did not need a boatload of antidepressants that basically numbed him out to cure him. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I want to start a new trend too. I want to stop calling people crazy. And instead, I want to say your brain inflammation is showing, right? Because once you brand somebody with that that label of crazy, you can't get out of it. And the louder that you scream, I'm not crazy, the more they go, well, that's what a crazy person would say. <laughs> you know, so it was it was a very tough yeah, I, I get what I was saying sounded absolutely insane. And I knew to my core that I wasn't insane. I just, I needed help other than what they were able to give me at that time, which was, you know, throw me on an antipsychotic, antidepressant mood stabilizer, which a lot of times people with Lyme have a tendency to react opposite of a lot of those medications. And the fact that I didn't detox well, those medications and me just didn't get along. So that was never an option for me either. But yeah. A lot of times they call Lyme too the great mimicker because it is a spiral shaped bacteria. So it's in the same family as syphilis. And mm -hmm. if you think about what syphilis did to the brain, right, it drives people insane, but it can get into any tissue, any system, any organ and shut things down slowly. And so it can, it can look like fibromyalgia. It can look like OCD. Like there's a huge percentage, like huge percentage of MS that's actually misdiagnosed Lyme disease. They have found it in all, like 80% of Alzheimer's brains. Like it's, it is truly the great mimicker because it likes to go where the weakness is and exploit that weakness in the body and the brain and the genetics. It can show up. That's why it can be so tough to diagnose too, is because it can show up differently and, you know, from person to person to person. So differently. Crazy. Okay. We'll keep going with your story. So you're 13, you're in yep. the psych ward, you're being yep. put on antipsychotics and... Yeah. So fast forward a few more years. Well, so that was 15, a couple more stints in the psych ward. Now my kid's nine. I'm 33, 34, and I'm having a really tough time again. And I had a girlfriend of mine who was a psychologist who gave me a number for a physician's assistant in Denver. That's about an hour away from where I live in Colorado. And I was at rock bottom again. What did I have to lose? You know, I've already seen dozens of practitioners tried all kinds of things, nothing helped, but what else was I going to do at that time? You know, I had a little kid to help raise, you know, I couldn't just lay in bed and die. That was just not an option. So I went there and it was funny. I can't remember where she was from, but she had the coolest accent and I'm not even there five minutes. And she gets a little twinkle in her eye and she goes, I know exactly what's wrong with you. And I'm thinking, bullshit lady, <laughs> I've only been here five minutes. How is that even possible? And she goes, have you ever been bit by a tick? And I was like, uh, yeah, we dug one out of my stomach when I was 13. Why? She goes, I think you have Lyme disease. And I was like, and it's funny because those of us that have been undiagnosed for so long, like 27 years, I went without a diagnosis. And the CDC actually just recognized chronic Lyme disease as a real disease like three weeks ago. So the disease that I had wasn't even acknowledged in the medical literature for me for 27 years. And it's sad because a lot of us with the, so with the Lyme disease, we think this is our golden ticket, right? We finally have our answer. We have, we have the boogeyman's name. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's, just the, that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? Like Because it is such a, a chronic, complicated, complex disease. Now trying to get treatment, 
right, is a whole a whole nother story. So it was funny. I was I was driving down I-25, 75 miles an hour on my way home, tears streaming down my face. And I screamed, I told you I'm not crazy. And that's going to be the name of my book when I write it is I told you I'm not crazy. The realities of Lyme disease, right? I think I'm going to have a subtitle too of how I made Lyme my bitch or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like you know? that. I like it. Something like that. I just have to. It's the Lyme boss. So yeah, so 27 years and finally a diagnosis and that was the the begin of chapter two. Wow. Okay. So you have this, this angel that comes into your life and gives you the diagnosis. Now, what are the treatments that you started on? I know there are, there are many different approaches to Lyme. What, what was the initial treatment that you started on and then how did you kind of evolve and and treat yourself and learn what to do yourself. Absolutely. So it's funny, the very first practitioner I worked with, I still run into him every now and then. And there's a part of me that wants to smack the crap out of him or give him a great big hug because the crap that he did to me in the beginning, and I believe it was his own ignorance, you know, yeah. I don't think it was anything malicious, but right. you can't go to war with a person's body who's been sick for 27 years. You just you just can't start off going to war, right? And that was very commonplace back when I got diagnosed in 2013. So it was high doses of antibiotics, multiple antibiotics, anti-malarial herbs. Like for the first time in my life, I actually thought I was going to die. It was absolutely overload. And so here I'm taking these horrible, horrible drugs. It's costing me thousands and thousands of dollars a month that I didn't have. We're getting ready to file bankruptcy. And I go to a Lyme disease support group, my first one. And I walk out of there feeling so dirty because they were just so toxic and they were kind of stuck in their victim and nothing works. And, you know, and they're all on the same regimen that I'm on and they've been on them for years and they're not getting better. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh God, I got to Lord, what's my next, what's my next move here. Right. Because this is obviously, this is the definition of insanity. I'm not going to continue to go down this route and expect something different. Right. And then that's when I heard the founder of FDN, Reed Davis, speak about you got to make sure your hormones are balanced. You got to make sure your gut's healthy. You got to make sure your detox pathways are open. And at the time, I was a silly hairstylist. I didn't have a medical background, but his words just intuitively, I'm like, that, that makes sense to me. And so I then went to school to become an FDN. And that's when I got a lot of my answers. And within like three months, completely turned my health around. That was just one of many layers that I had to peel back. You know, I found out later I also had a mold issue that I was living in. I also had cavitations that I had to have surgery. And then like the last little piece that I dialed in was that nervous system, right? Resetting training, because even through all that healing, I never addressed the trauma that was in my nervous system. And so I was always in fight or flight and I would relapse, right? So I would get better and then I would relapse. I get better and I'd relapse. And after doing that a few times, then I finally found Dr. Amy Apigian. Yeah. The biology of trauma, yep. right? All the somatic work, the breath work in 21 days completely changed my nervous system. I haven't had a relapse since. And that was three years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Okay. So much going on in my head. <laughs> Number one, love Amy. Had her on the podcast too. We totally have a, a a link that we can put in the show notes to her 21 day journey because I've had a lot of patients do it and they rave about it. And I know that that is a piece of any healing puzzle. So whether you're dealing with thyroid or hormones or whatever, that trauma component can sometimes be the, the last component that if you don't deal with that, 
it doesn't matter how many supplements and meds and hormones and all the thing, nutrition, everything else that we do, you're sleeping, whatever, you got your aura ring. If you're not dealing with that trauma piece, and like you said, Heather, the whole nervous system reaction or reactivity, that's it. I mean, you might be stuck, right? Where if you didn't deal with that, you would still be in that activation, sick Lyme disease loop. Yeah, absolutely. And mold, mold is notorious, is absolutely notorious for turning on those alarm bells. Fire, fire, fire when you're living in mold. But the sad part is, is even once you get out of mold, no one turns the fire alarm bells off, you know, or or like you said, you got early childhood trauma. Trauma comes from all kinds of things, heavy metals, chronic right. illness, you know, anything that can kind of cause inflammation and get stuck in the body um, can cause that long-term trauma. And I had the worst startle uh, reflex. So like anytime I was in the kitchen and if my husband was coming up the stairs and my back was turned to hit toward him, it yeah. never failed. I would scream and I would throw what was ever in my hands. And then he'd feel like crap. And then I'd have this adrenaline surge go through me. And I felt like I'd been poisoned and he felt horrible. I felt horrible. And, and I was like, this is not, this is not normal. Right. And then it was after like 21 days of doing Amy's course, I was, I don't startle like that anymore. Like it's night and day difference. And like I said, I don't, I don't relapse anymore either. When I got COVID last year, I just got COVID. I didn't get a relapse of Lyme or Hashimoto's or anything else. You know, when I got the flu, I just got the flu. I'm, my body is responding appropriately to my surroundings. This is way jumping forward, but I think it's appropriate to bring in here because, okay, so I've said this all along on every podcast, whether we're talking about mold or Lyme or heavy metals or anything else breast implant illness, the whole deal. Everybody's body responds differently. And this is what I want to unpack is, so I know I have Babesia. I know I I actually don't have Lyme disease, which surprises me from living in Pennsylvania and hunting in Pennsylvania and Iowa. I don't have Lyme disease, but I have other tick-borne illnesses. I have Epstein-Barr virus. I know I was exposed to mold, but I don't react. And that's the biggest kind of puzzle even myself as a practitioner runs into is, you know, and what I've come down to understanding or hanging my hat on, I guess, is that when you have a short up body, I don't know when I was exposed to BC or when I, I don't, I don't ever remember having a tick bite ever, but whenever it happened, if your body is kind of short up, you can take the onslaught that's coming And it just bounces off. Maybe you get sick for a day or two. You know, when I was exposed to mold, I remember gaining a lot of water weight that week and being like kind of icky and then it went away. But then you have other people and kind of like what you're, I'm I'm tying this into what you just described. You have other people like yourself that you already went through a lot of trauma. You were bit at a very young age. You already went through the medical gaslighting trauma at a very young age and onslaughts to your system of different medications. So I almost feel like your poor body was already in a very fragile state. And then, yes, if you expose it to mold or throw another tick bite on or, you know, enter in some EBV because we all got that, then it's like your body just says enough and it just freaks out. Am I describing, like, do you agree with that theory? Am I describing that properly? Do you see everyone with Lyme react to such a high level? Well, yes, because once they come to me, that's why they're coming to me is because they're reacting at such a high level. I don't normally, yeah, I don't normally (laughs) see people who, who aren't reacting. So no, and that's what I say, the perfect storm. I was the perfect storm of crappy genetics, 
right? Early childhood trauma, yep. leaky gut, yep. crappy diet, toxin environment. And and Mike, so you are probably one of those blessed people that have a little bit bigger toxic bucket, right? And I've, I've got a little thimble. I yeah. don't like the canary in the coal mine. You know, when I was at Mindshare, I was in a freaking moldy room and I was like, I'll be fine. I've got my binders. I've got this. I got that. I gained 10 freaking pounds that weekend from yeah. water weight and yeah. still yeah. fighting to get that off me. So some people are just a little bit more robust than, than others, genetically, lifestyle, mental health, all the things. And then, and then, yeah, some of us, our, our immune systems are just a lot more robust and can keep it in, in track. And it's not just ticks, it's ticks, mosquitoes, bed bugs, fleas, you can pass it in utero. So mom to baby. And there's even some people that's a little bit controversial, but it can be transmitted sexually. You know, okay. it is a blood, it is a bloodborne disease. So that is true. That is true. And w- that is very interesting that you just said that you put on 10 pounds when you were exposed to mold too, because that's what I experienced when I was exposed to mold. And a friend of ours who was also at Mindshare, she was sending me pictures of her in this gorgeous gown, this gala she went to over the weekend. I'm like, you lost a crap ton of weight. Like you look amazing. She goes, no, I just gained weight at mind share from the moldy room. <laughs> she goes, so I was like 10 pounds heavier when you saw me. So that happened to multiple of us, many, you know, all three of us. So who knows how many other people that that has happened to. So just kind of a, this is me giving a PSA side note to anyone out there when you put on weight rapidly. Yeah. You got to check what you're eating. And of course, all the things that I talk about, you know, thyroid hormones, insulin, but if you're cruising along fine, and then all of a sudden the weight comes on, you're like, what the hell is this? (laughs) It might be mold. I actually have this one patient right now. Hey, maybe we'll collaborate. It might be Lyme too, but I have this one patient right now where like, I mean, everything looks perfect. Perfection perfection, perfection on paper with her labs. And she just keeps gaining water weight. She's gone to cardiologist. She's gone circulatory, everything. There's no answer as to why she has this edema. Mm. Now I'm thinking. Now I'm right. Thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah uh, and it's sad because when you go to Arizona, you don't think to run into mold, but if you, if you think about it, they're running their air conditioning units 24 seven. Anytime you get into an environment that's not really hospitable for human life, but we make it hospitable for human life, you're going to create other problems. And so, yeah, all those hotel rooms in Arizona, if you can't open up the window, so now they're not breathing. Yeah. And then they, they've got these AC units that are running, 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 running. And so, yeah, they, I ran into so much mold in Arizona lately uh, in, in the hotels. It was nuts. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you are a canary in the coal mine. So thanks for letting us know there's mold in Arizona. We're just sending Heather in first. That's all. I had my functional doctor when I told her how I can walk into a room and I can tell you immediately. And she goes, oh, I've got a job for you. I want you to go check out these buildings. I said, no, because it took me weeks to overcome the brain inflammation, the body stuff. Like, no, no money in the world is worth that. No, they make mold sniffing dogs for that. Okay. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Back to Lyme. Big question I have. The testing, the testing for the Lyme. So there's this amazing local doc here who he learned about Lyme through his girlfriend dealing with chronic Lyme. He's the only one that I know that will test every single band. 
But even when all those bands come back, like what I've learned, Heather, like, okay, the 41 band is kind of normal to be reactive in everybody. I don't even know if that's the right test or not. So talk to me about the right way to test for Lyme disease and what, what we're looking for. You know, so it's funny. So yeah, I'm not a fan of Western blot. I'm not a fan of an ELISA. Those are the two okay. tests that your typical Western medicine doctor are going to try to run for you. Okay. And they're typically crap. One, because we've altered the Western blot because of a Lyme vaccine that's no longer on the market. We took out a couple bands so it didn't react with the Lyme vaccine. But now the Lyme vaccine's not out anymore, but we still haven't put these bands back. So now a bunch of people are getting false negatives. It's a whole thing. Okay. Uh, but so like Vibrant Wellness, I love their labs. I use a lot of Vibrant Wellness. They have a tick-borne 1.0 and a 2.0, which also tests for Epstein-Barr virus and a lot of co-infections. Um, DNA Connections is another good one and Igenix. So those are kind of like the three that if, if I'm going to test, I will use. The reason I say if is because they still even have their own issues with efficacy because Lyme is really great at shutting a person's immune system down, especially if they've had it chronically. And a lot of these tests are looking for an immune response. So if your immune system has been shut down all these years and they're looking for an immune response, guess what? It's going to show up that it's not there. But Vibrant has got two different ways that it tests. So it's not just falling back on just an immune response. But typically, I usually work with Cellcor has an amazing intake form. And then Dr. Horowitz has an amazing intake form. And so between those two, it's about 600 questions. And then between that and a person's symptomology, medical history, I can pretty much be like, ah, yeah, this is really high. Uh, some people come to me, they think it's Lyme, but actually, according to the intake form, it's more mold, right? So yeah. it's a beautiful place to start off instead of throwing crap at a wall and seeing what sticks because this testing can get really expensive. Yeah. And so if a person's only got so much resources, I'd rather them spend it on what it's going to take to get better than to have that positive on a, on a lab when I can almost, you know, with those two intake forms in your in your history, we can pretty much go from there. Okay. So you find out that someone has Lyme disease. Is there a difference between this chronic Lyme label and just having Lyme? Absolutely. If you get Lyme and you catch it within like the first couple of months and you get on a regular round of doxy, it changes all the time. It was just for two weeks and then I heard it's six weeks and then it's, I heard it's 12 weeks. But if you get on a round of doxy, you catch it early enough, put it to bed, you can, you know, heal your gut. You pretty much never have to worry about it. But chronic Lyme, it's like I said, it likes to then find your weak links in your body and, and extort them, you okay. know, so that's where we get a lot more chronic pain and a lot more, you know, mental health issues, digestion, gut issues, uh, cognitive and neurological issues. Okay. So we, we find out somebody has Lyme. Now, are you a proponent? Am I hearing that it's, it's like, okay to take the antibiotics in the beginning or what kind of treatments do you prefer that your clients do? You know, in the beginning, if you catch it, you know, I think antibiotics are a beautiful route to go. And like I said, you can you can kind of heal and and from the aftermath with the, you know, with the gut, with the antibiotics, like we can we can heal the gut, no problem. But to really kick this boogeyman in the butt in the beginning, like I absolutely. And then chronic Lyme, I really I'm not a fan of of antibiotics for chronic Lyme. It usually has a couple different forms that it lives in. Antibiotics don't always address all the different forms. It can hide itself in biofilm from your immune system. So it's 
it's uh it's it's so stealthy like i'm quite in awe of this bacteria on, on what it can do to evade our immune system and and drugs i prefer an energetic approach or, and an herbal approach you know selfcore's got an amazing line nutramedics has an amazing line there's a lot of awesome herbals out there but i like selfcore because it addresses everything in the right order because a person who has lyme disease typically never just has lyme disease Never, ever, ever. It's usually something that's caused them, again, to be a good host. So they've got heavy metals, they've got candida, they've got mold, they've got other parasites. And that's the beautiful part about Cellcor is that it'll address those things. But first it starts with opening up your drainage pathways, right? Making sure all every all that's working before it starts to go to war, which is the very end step. And I like to pair that with lifestyle, right? Because I can give you the best supplements and the best herbs. And if you're going to go out and get McDonald's and inflame your gut and inflame your brain, I'm going to be pissed because it's not going to do the work. And then you're going to be mad at me because you still feel like crap. So I do a lot of mindset, a lot of nervous system, a lot of lifestyle. Let's get you sleeping. Let's get you pooping. Let's get you eating right. Um, And then even some frequency and bioenergetic stuff, because that's really kind of the next wave of health and wellness is addressing that bioenergetic field. So I'm very holistic because I took all the pieces that it took for me, you know, after all the years and all the everything. And then I condensed it down and, and here's step one, here's step two, you know, because I found that most Lyme patients are so educated and amazing because they've had to be their own advocate for so long. And they come to me with these very beautiful pieces in their health journey, but they're typically in the wrong order or they're just missing like a corner to a piece or something. So it just makes it click. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Well, I love that you're putting all of those different components together because I think too often just in our world, even whatever specialist that you see, they will hyper-focus on one thing. And you you say beautifully exactly what I say, almost in the same way. If you're going to go eat McDonald's, you know, it has to be that both and approach. Like we can do everything for you here And there's a certain aspect that you have control over. It's called your life. And that is where you can take steps to enhance your healing or completely freaking derail your healing and negate everything that we're doing for you. And let me tag on one more thing, Heather. I think this is important. People hear you talk about CellCore. They're going to go to CellCore.com. CellCore is such a complex supplement system. You have to work with a, well, actually, I don't even think that you can order it as just a lay person without working with somebody. You, But if you can find it on like the dark web or whatever, don't. It is a complex freaking system that I wouldn't even trust myself to figure out. So I would absolutely rely on another practitioner to say, you know, take this at this point in time. And then you might get some, which I'll hand this over to you, reactions when you're going through this process. I don't care if you're taking care of a parasite, detoxing from mold, taking care of your Lyme disease. It's not a linear journey. That's what I always say with thyroid hormones, not linear. So you're going to be going along and then you're going to feel like crap. And who are you going to ask? You need to be working with somebody to guide you in that process. 110% because I can't even tell you how many times, like I'd be rich, I could retire. If someone hit that Herxheimer response, so we call it Herx for short, or it's called a healing crisis, right? It's when we we kill more critters than our body can get rid of, and it kind of makes us a little toxic, and that's why we feel like crap. Yeah. A lot of times, too, when you're killing these critters, they release certain toxic chemicals into our system as well. But 
there's ways to mitigate that. And that's why working with somebody really helps. And a lot of times people think they hit that and they think they've done something wrong. So then they back way up or they stop. And then they're like, well, that didn't work. And I'm like, well, wait, what do you mean that didn't work? Well, I tried this, this, and this, and I felt like crap. And so I stopped. Yeah. No, like a lot of times I hate to say it, but the only way out is through. Yeah. You know, granted, if you're getting knocked out for days and weeks, that's, that's a different, that's a different story. And it does need to, you do need to go slower. You need to go slower and there's no shame in going slower, but you can't stop. You can't stop. There's just, there's, there's no stopping. The only way out is through and you will 90% of the time, depending on where you're at and how, how long you've been sick are going to experience some discomfort going through this. There's just no way around that, you know, but working with someone who knows what they're doing and starts you off low and slow enough and making sure that your detox pathways are open and everything's working properly on that. That's why a lot of times I work mostly lifestyle and mindset first before we ever get into any supplements, because we really need to lay a really good, strong, solid foundation before we start playing around with that other stuff. Good call. Yeah, no, good call with that too, because so many people will go into a program and man, they are bright eyed and bushy tailed and ready to do everything, but they expect results in a couple of weeks. And it's like, let's work on the mindset piece first before we tackle, because you really have to get in. It's a patience game. You know, it wasn't rainbows and sunshine getting here. So it's not going to be that way coming out of it. And like you said, you might, you might hit some hurdles and it sucks and you, you need someone to reach out to that tells you it's okay. This is part of the process. I've been there and done that. It's part of the process. Just keep going. Just like you're saying. Well, yeah, you need somebody in, I don't remember what that person is called, right? But the person who stands outside the ring for the boxer, boxer comes back, you know, he's all beat up and he like shakes him around, gives him the water and sends him back out into the ring, you know, and that's, that's what I do. And it took me a minute to get there because God gave me this, this voice and this controversial way about me. And I found, I was finding I wasn't using it with my clients because I was, I was nervous. I didn't want to piss anybody off. I didn't want them to leave a bad review. I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings because I'm also a sensitive, loving person. And it it wasn't doing my clients any justice. Like, so right off the bat, I had this one male client. We were three months into the program, three months into the program. And he is like laying me a new one because of how crappy he feels, how much money he spent and blah, 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 blah. And I've been kind of pussyfooting around with him because he wasn't doing any of the lifestyle stuff I put into place. Right. Because so many folks are so used to taking a pill for every ill. All he ever wanted to do was another supplement for whatever he was experiencing. And I'd be like, so did you do your breath work today? No. Did you get to bed before 10? No. Did you get outside and walk for at least 20 minutes today? No. Did you put your feet on the ground? No. Did you get the first morning sunlight in your eyes? No. I'm like, so, mister, you need to stop coming at me until you go back to the beginning don't collect go, do not collect $200, right? Like you, you can't skip those very crucial steps and, and working with someone like me, that's, they can help guide you through that, but also kind of help shine a light on, on areas that we, you know, might not be so strong at. And all of us have our, our weak spots, right. That we can't see. They're usually right there on the tip of your nose. You can't see them, but I can see them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now see you're, you're separated at birth somehow, (laughs) (laughs) somehow. Because that, I know that's why I've been looking forward to this is because I, I said, I, 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 when I met you, I was like, oh, kindred soul. I love you. Let's do soul. this. I have so much fun. Yeah. He's like shoving it up people's asses and waking them <laughs> up. But no, I mean, we're honestly, Heather and I are not that mean. We're not, but, <laughs> no. but I can, I can totally, I mean, my patients know who are listening to this, like 
I will call you out. I will, I will question you and I will call you out. Like on the one hand, yeah, absolutely. There are times where it's like, oh, look at this. We need to increase your thyroid medication. We need to change your dose. On the there are other times where I'm like, so you've been logging that food? No, I've been doing really well. You've been logging it. You got any data for me? You know, I mean, it's all like, let's let's just get this on the table and call it like it is. So I love the fact that you're blunt, but you're also a guide and you're guiding your clients through this very tough journey. But the bottom line is there is another side. Oh, well, we have to, it took me 40 minutes to tie this in, but what is the Lyme and thyroid connection specifically? Because you have Hashimoto's, right? Yeah, that I was yeah. able to reverse um, quite a while ago. Okay. I was wondering if you were going to bring that in. I'm like, oh, we're having such an amazing conversation. I know, we were, we were just up building up to this. We were dangling the carrot so they would listen all the way to the end. <laughs> so, you know, it's like that chicken or the egg analogy when it comes to autoimmune and Lyme. Is it the Lyme disease that caused us to be more susceptible to having autoimmune diseases or was it an autoimmune disease in play that left us to be more susceptible to Lyme disease? So they, they kind of just play off of each other. And it's, you know, like I said, at one point I had three autoimmune diseases by the time all this was said and done, three autoimmune diseases, mold toxicity, Lyme disease, mm -hmm. cavitations, heavy metals. So, you know, the correlation is just inflammation is inflammation is inflammation. And it's usually the root cause of a lot of this stuff. And so, like I said, was it the crappy diet that was inflaming my gut and inflaming my brain? And it allowed me, you know, there's the cross reaction between wheat and thyroid tissue. You know, was it was it that or was it or like I said, was it Lyme disease? Almost everybody that I work with with Lyme disease has got elevated antibodies because like I said, inflammation is inflammation and Lyme, like I said, likes to hang out where there's weak spots too. So if one of your weak spots is the thyroid, then it's going to just continue to add collateral damage to the thyroid. So any kind of overload of toxins, whether it be heavy metals, other parasites, bacteria, viruses, they all kind of, you know, will play with those autoimmune diseases. They just all add fuel to the fire. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And like I've always said, it's any stressor that's going to flip that Hashimoto switch. So yeah, the genetic predisposition, just kind of hanging out there. Like you said, when we see one autoimmune condition, we normally see more than one. So there, it's usually a trifecta. And yeah, then here comes Lyme. Does that flip that switch? Sometimes you just don't know. But but you deal with what you have at hand, you know, and, and you figure your way through the swamp, like you said. Absolutely. What'd you do for your Hashi then to put it into remission? So I'm a huge fan of Dr. Tom O'Brien. Like I've been following him since he was like super Tom O'Brien, but he's, you know, the big fix your gut and he's very anti-gluten. And so I was gluten-free for a long time. But what I didn't realize is that corn also cross reacts and has that same molecular mimicry that wheat does and dairy and your thyroid. And so I had to really then dial that in just ratchet that up just a bit, you know, because I was pretty good at doing the whole gluten-free thing, but then I was still doing gluten-free uh, grains, which really we're finding out aren't actually gluten-free, you know, oats and corn and rice right. actually have their own form of gluten. So right. that's BS. And a lot of that food is cross-contaminated to begin with. So I was probably right. still getting a lot of cross-reaction. So I really dialed in the diet. I added a little bit of iodine and a little bit of uh, selenium to the mix. And I think that was it. I mean, and then just dialing in, getting, you know, detoxing, getting my immune system calmed down, getting the nervous system reset. So all the other things that I do 
for yeah. laying down that foundation and then adding a few different, you know, supplements and mostly diet though, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, when you do all those things, they really yeah. do work. And I'm glad yeah. you're mentioning that because so, so often when I say to go gluten-free, I get looked at like a deer in headlights, right? Like, no, but nowadays the gluten-free versions are so much more available wherever you go. But you tell somebody to go dairy-free and grain-free and corn-free and they're going to want to kill you. But mm -hmm. I think hearing from other people, that's where, it can, again, it can come from me all day long. And I give my patients that leeway in the beginning. I'm like, listen, just how about we do corn-free, but we'll do organic dairy and just a little bit of it. Like if you really need that piece of cheese on a burger or whatever. But hearing it from somebody else that they actually reverse their Hashimoto's through eliminating those foods and healing their gut. Wow. I mean, is that incentive enough to do some food elimination if you are still on the struggle bus, if you're doing all the things and you think, well, you know, I, I can't I, do that. I tried telling people, you know, give me three months. Three months, anybody can do anything for three months, right? Yeah. And nine times out of 10, all they need is that first month because people, when they actually dial those foods back, usually start having big changes within two to three weeks. It's kind of insane how fast that happens. But I tell people, so it was funny when I had Dr. Tom O'Brien on my podcast, he he was nice like you too. And I'm I'm kind of a stickler. It's like, but people are coming to me who've been like dead sick for, for decades, you yeah. know, and they, they, they want to get better faster. So I'm like, okay, well, if you want to get better faster, you need to cut all these out now because the sooner we can get that inflammation off your body. And if you are having that cross reactivity, there's been some research out there that says that even you know, I had a friend who's like, well, I only have a piece of toast like once every three months. Well, they're starting to find out that the fire that that causes the inflammation, the response in your gut mm -hmm. from one crumb of gluten will last up to three months. So that one piece of toast that you're eating every three months is actually keeping everything sick and not able to heal. You're keeping that fire burning basically. And so that's why I have a hard time by kind of giving a little bit of a leeway because they are all intertwined and it all causes inflammation. And if I want to get that inflammation down and I want to get them better and some big wins, and typically, you know, for the most part, they understand and, and they'll give me the three months because I had to tell them, give me three months, right? Go right. really, really clean with me for three months and then let's reevaluate. And sometimes, sometimes you can add certain things back in. Typically, though, once you've got a response towards towards wheat, it's you're kind of always going to have that response towards wheat and corn. And so those I just I, I'm I'm paleo. And that's why I have a, a cooking series because I have people all the time. They're like, well, what do you eat if you don't have gluten right. and dairy and corn? And I'm like, man, I eat so good. The food is amazing. It's delicious. And, and so that's why I made a cooking series is because I wanted to show people how easy and delicious it could be to go paleo. You know, you don't have to feel like you're missing out. That's a whole mindset thing, too. You know, so working on that mindset, right? Stop focusing on what you can't have and focus on what you can have. Right. And what the end goal is going to be like. And it's a totally different ball game than feeling deprived. And I can't have. Right. I love it. I love it. Just a mindset shift. Yeah. You're just, just like you and just like things. you and your fudgy, your fudgy pancake, you know, batter that I, I was watching this morning. I mean, I don't go without like, trust me, we don't go without. And we're we're so blessed the the types of foods that we eat. But oh, yeah, you know, still, no, we figure it out. 
That's the thing. It's like, I'm not just going to go without a brownie. I'm going to figure out how to freaking make one that tastes like a brownie, but still good for me. So absolutely. Absolutely. It's like avocado pudding. Like that's one of my favorite to goes. It's like three ingredients, avocado, coconut milk, cacao powder, and maple syrup. Right. And it tastes like chocolate pudding. It's ridiculous. You know, it does. We just hook people with a recipe. So now, yes, (laughs) we will put all the links of how to find Heather in the show notes. But Heather, you have to tell people how everyone can find you. And I believe you do have a download for them too. I do. So it's that cooking series. So if you yeah. go to the line, the linemeboss.com, that's L-Y-M-E, not L-I-M-E. It's not margarita time. So the linemeboss.com and the pop-up that comes up, you enter in your email and you'll get the downloads to that free video series. And it's got like the hamburger bowl and fish tacos. And I think I even have a couple like desserts and breakfasts on there. So yeah, it's awesome. And it's not just teaching you how to make these healthy, delicious meals, but it's also teaching you uh, how to stay away from toxic cooking utensils and why you should get grass fed compared to conventional. So it's a whole deep dive into not just what to eat, but why we eat it and, and, and what kind of utensils and stuff to use in the kitchen because it does matter. All those little things matter 100%. Well, Heather, thank you so much for your time today. That's been awesome. This is a long-awaited conversation. So I thank you for being here. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me.